You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Welcome to the Father's House this morning. So good to see all your lovely faces this morning. If you're worshiping with us online, welcome. We're so honored that you chose to worship with us. Even in your living room, God can speak to you. He's the same God where you are as he is here. Amen? Amen. And I just want to like piggyback off of what Pastor Nathan was sharing about the journey. On Saturday, I was uh, preparing. Um, Pastor Mike has not been feeling well, so can y'all just stretch your hands towards the monitor back there? We're just going to pray for him this morning. Father, we just thank you. We speak life over his body, abundant life. God, we thank you that any sickness that's trying to attack his body, we just say die in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. We thank you for restoring everything back 100% well in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. So Saturday I was preparing and um, I just want to share a little tidbit about the journey. If you are here and you have been attending for a little bit of time, when you go to the journey, it is not a commitment to the house, to this house. It is an opportunity for you to get to know, sorry, I keep cutting out. Is it my mic? Am I too close? There. Is that better? Monty's great. Give it up for Monty, everybody. Woo! Love you, Monty. I like talk with my hands a lot, so I don't like to have a microphone. I asked him if I could use this thing, so it's not the best. But um, I was asking the Lord about the journey, and um, I, I feel like he just wanted me to remind you that there's no commitment going through the journey, that you don't have to be afraid. Some of you have been in a place for a long time, and it's hard to make that transition and that adjustment over to another church, and we understand that. What the journey is, is it's just a meeting where we go over our mission, our vision, our values, to let you know a little bit about what we believe and what we value. You're not going to get that even on six Sundays here. You're going to see some of our culture, but to really For me, I loved being able to get that information ahead of time before I made the decision to plant myself in a local church. And so if you're afraid when you come, we are not going to make you sign anything. You come willingly and just ask questions that you want to ask. We are open. And then from that meeting, if you have more questions, we'd love to sit down and answer any questions for you to help validate what God is saying in your life. Because we want you to be where God wants you to be. Not because we are here, not because your friends here, not because your kids are here, but we want you to hear from the Lord. Amen? Because we know it's the best place. And what Pastor Nathan was saying, I loved. He said, the promise is that he's with you. And whenever I, I'm going to change microphones if it happens again. I'm sorry, Monty. And when he's with you, you know, I will, and even in the valley of the shadow of death, you know what it goes on to say? I will fear no evil. Everybody say that. I will fear no evil. 
Amen. So God is with us, and this morning, I believe he's here. I believe he wants to share something that he's placed on my heart this morning. And whenever I was asking him what he wanted to say, I had to sit there for a few moments because, you know, I was prepping on yesterday was Saturday, right? Yeah, yesterday. I didn't know. I mean, Pastor Mike, my dependence is like, he's preaching, so I'm just going to hang out and worship. It's awesome. So I'm actually preaching what I'm having to walk out these next few days is really, truly depending on the Lord. And as I keep going back to scripture and I keep feeling like I'm speaking on identity, the Lord said, yes, is because you're never going to ever out here what I want to say about dependence on me. Such a good word. You're never going to out here or you're never going to over here being able to depend on God because you're always going to have to be walking through something where you're going to have to lean on him a little bit more. You go through seasons of life. You go through stages of life. You become even more mature. And so he's like, okay, you can handle a little bit more. And then he's causing you to trust him in a deeper way. And so whenever I was studying, he was like, Faith, I want you to speak on codependency. And for me, I didn't know a lot about codependency because I feel like I didn't come from traumatic background necessarily. I didn't come from... Um, really traumatic relationships. So I was asking the Lord, like, what do you mean by codependency? He said, Faith, it's really simple. He said, at one time or another in your life, you will either rely on people or things to meet needs that were intended to be met by me. Some of us rely on our coffee in the morning to start our day. Some of us have four monster drinks. I saw postings on Facebook. I'm like, what are y'all doing drinking all that monster stuff? It's toxic. Some of us are relying on, to on toxins to fuel our body. I'm just harassing you. I love y'all. Keep drinking your monsters. But then I got to thinking a little bit deeper that some of us rely on friends, family. It's more relational because we've had years of growing relationship with these people. Have you ever had a moment where something traumatic happened and you called your mom or you called your sister and you were venting and, and you needed them to give you a word of wisdom? We all have, everybody raise your hand. Yes, you've called a friend, you've called a buddy, you've called a sister, a brother, a mom, a dad, a grandparent, when really the Lord is wanting us to do what? To depend on him. And I think we're really quick to start depending on people more than we're depending on the Lord. And I was like, Lord, why do we do that? And I want to ask you a few questions this morning to get your brain to start thinking, hmm, am I codependent on something? You know, I think that the world chases a lot of things to fulfill voids. And we almost idolize things that the Lord is saying, I want to be first place in your life, where we depend on another church meeting. We depend on another conference. Don't hear me what I'm not saying. I love going to a conference and getting a recharge, but that's not what's recharging and my dependence is on. It's on the Lord. I'm not looking to Pastor Mike. I'm going to come up under his leadership, and I'm going to receive the word that's coming forth from him, but I cannot depend on him to be my Savior, and neither can you. 
We have to take what is being poured out here and activate it every day and continue our relationship with the Lord, the partnership with him. That this is just the Lord speaking through somebody, that we can't idolize the people that speak into our lives. Because God will bring you people in your life that will speak into your life. I had a great conversation with my friend the other day. She was just sharing how it was a hard season for her. And I began to say, well, what about what God has done in your life this year? Your little girl got a horse. And It was like the dream of hers. And because they didn't have a house that they were living in, they didn't have to pay rent on the land that they were living in. Although she wanted a home, she was able to take the money and provide a horse for her daughter. I said, remember what God is doing in your life. But I think sometimes we can get our focus off. And she's like, thank you, Faith, for your correction. So we have friends that help sharpen us, but no one will ever be able to fill all that God wants to do in you except through the Father. Amen. So today I want to ask you a few questions. Everybody say, he satisfies me. Oh, I love that scripture. He satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Here's a couple of questions I want you to think about. Do you believe the lie? And some of you in freedom have already asked yourself these questions, but it might be good to hear them again. Do you believe the lie that you need people in your life so you can feel good about yourself? Oh, it's quiet. Do you think you need the approval of others to determine your worth or to feel important? Are you expecting people to meet all of your needs? Is there a relationship or something that takes the place of your relationship with Jesus or something you have that might be an idol? Let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for coming And doing what only you can do is to reveal parts of our heart, to reveal parts of our lives that need to um, be surrendered to fully depend on you in those areas of our life, God. I thank you for illuminating exactly what needs to be illuminated for me to speak forth, God. And I thank you that there's anything that's not of you that doesn't want to come forth, Lord. Close my mouth. Father, bless these people. Bless this time together. Thank you for your word that comes forth and penetrates our heart between our soul and our spirit and causes us to change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So an idol is anything or anyone that we come to rely on for help, for guidance, and really truly like places our whole heart reliance on that instead of the true and living God. So in Psalms, if you have your Bible, you can turn with me. Psalm 16, verse 1. Here's David. He's saying, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. It goes on to say in verse 2, it says, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Isn't that so good? I have no good apart from you. Typically, People who love others much more than they love themselves tend to become codependent on other people because they don't know their identity in them. You know, the Bible teaches us in the Matthew 22, it's the first two, the two greatest commandments is to love the Lord God with all of your heart, mind, and soul. And the second one is to love your neighbor as who? Yourself. 
But if we don't know who we are, it's going to be hard to truly not only love ourselves, but to love others. Thank you all for participating with me. This feels really fun. Um, It also helps you get it in here and in here. Amen? So I was talking to the Lord about this, and he said, nothing works well for me, Faith, when I'm in the background. And if we put relationships before him, and I went on and I was thinking about how God wants to um, really truly be our source, and I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6. It says, Yet for us, there is but one God, the Father, who is the source of all things. Everybody say all things. And we exist for him. Everybody say him. Man, that's such a good revelation. We exist for him. Everybody say him. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things that have been created and we believers exist and have life and have been redeemed through him. So nothing in our life works without him being first and foremost. You might get going and you might have really good relationships and you might be able to rely on your friends, which are great. It's important to have believers around you. It's important to have people that will speak life into you when things are hard. But you are not ever going to have them all the time to truly rely and depend on them. They might be going through something hard where you, you can't rely on them to speak life into you. But God is saying, I need to be the source of everything that you have going on. At the same time, it's also true that God allows us to help accomplish his purposes in other people's lives. But my question is, how do we partner with him by avoid playing the role of savior to someone and someone else saving us? I know I was in a a very toxic relationship in New York with a man for three years, and we were on and off, on and off, about 20 times. It was so unhealthy. But in my mind, I was thinking, oh, I can fix him. I knew that he had insecurities, and I'm like, my security in the Lord will fix him. Oh, so messy. He would say, I love you. Oh, I don't love you anymore. Woo, work with the girl's emotions there. And I just remember how toxic that was of me trying to save him every time. Every time he had something going on in his heart, and he's like, I just don't believe in God. And I would try to help save him. It was so unhealthy. Maybe you're in a relationship where it's not healthy, whether it be with your sister, whether it be with a spouse, whether it be with a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a mom. You might need to get some counseling If you're in a marriage and you need to know how to walk through how to stop codepending on your partner, here's why. It's because I can have all of these false expectations of my husband. He will fulfill this need. He will fulfill this need. He will fulfill this need. And what happens? He doesn't meet all of those needs. Now, Steve Harrelson, he's pretty good at meeting my needs. He's a good man. Yeah, he's not here. He's at home taking care of my baby, our baby. 
but I could never expect him to fulfill all those needs. What am I doing? I'm setting myself up for failure, disappointment. And it could be so messy. But truly learning how to allow God to be my dependent one, because he never, ever changes. He is always the same. The Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So David's looking at God as his refuge. He says, apart from whom there is no good. And if we look at Jesus in the way he teaches his disciples about intimacy and security, you can find this. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we abide in Jesus alone, he bears the fruit. So if I am abiding in Jesus, if I am daily, now listen, don't make it a checklist to abide with Jesus. Don't make it a goal to abide with Jesus. Don't be like, today I'm going to depend on God in this area. No, just make it an every second of your day relational thing where you're like, okay, Lord, I'm depending on you. Okay, Lord, fill me. Okay, Lord, protect me. Last night we were driving home from the country and I said, Olivia, daddy said, be very careful out here because there are deer. I'm giving her opportunities to learn how to depend on Jesus. I said, but I'm not going to fear the deer because I've already asked the Lord to send his angels to be around this car to protect us because he is our protector. Learning how to depend on him in every time, not just saying, oh, we'll be fine. We're just going to drive home and we're just going to be fine. No, plead the blood of Jesus over your life. Take your authority just like the, the disciples on the boat, they're afraid of the storm coming. Jesus is like, just step and say your authority. The same authority that I have, I have given to you. God has given us the same authority to speak on behalf of what he has already promised in his word right here and to truly depend on it. I don't know about you, but I've seen the faithfulness of God. Just in the little things, as we were singing that second song that Dom was singing, I forget the, the holy part, but it was like the reminiscing part of the moments of the faithfulness of God. And I loved what Lauren said last week about how the little moments are sometimes some of the greatest eye-opening things of what the Lord does. And I see a lot of you nodding your head yes the little things. And when we begin to thank him for the little things, guess what happens? He continues to push you forward. He continues to say, I'm dependable. Some of you have been in relationships with friends. Oh man, this is the Lord. I feel this because I didn't even think about this. Some of you have been in relationships that have not been dependable broken marriages, broken friendships, is really hard for you to trust. Guess what? God is a safe place for you to trust him. And as you lean on him and not on your own understanding, last night I was thinking, oh, Lord, I can't do this. This is so weighty. He was like, 
get out of your mind, Faith, because your mind will take you to backing out of what I've called you to do. Same with you. You'll look at all of your past trauma. You'll look at all of the pain that you've walked through and you're like, I just can't depend on them. I just can't depend on God. You've got to start taking a step forward and asking the Lord to show you how he is trustworthy. And how you do that is getting in the word. Matthew 4, 4 says that you will not live on bread alone, but by every living word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Here Jesus was, the, de- the devil was tempting him in Matthew 4, 4. And he was saying, oh, he took him up to the mountain. I'm going to read it. Let me go there. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew 4, 4. If you have a notebook, go ahead and write that down. I feel like we need to, you need to go back and meditate over these scriptures that we share on Sunday morning. What happens when you meditate? Meditate means to mutter, utter, and repeat. As you begin to say these out of your mouth over and over and over again, it's like what we hear is what we start to think on, and what we think on is what we start to believe. Matthew 4, 4, it says, 4, 1, I'm going to start. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. Everybody say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. He was using his authority. Do y'all see that? The devil was trying to throw him something and he was throwing it back at the devil. Verse five, it says, and the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again. Everybody say, it is written. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Friends, it is written for you, the dependency of where to really learn how to trust the Lord is in his word. He has said it, but we have to believe it. And the way we believe it is to meditate on it, is to spend time with him. But even Jesus went on to say in John 2, he was like, people will be fickle. People will do things because they're living in a fallen world. They're going to be not as trustworthy as I am. Go with me to John 2. I love hearing pages turn out there. If you don't have a Bible, you need a Bible, see us. There's something really powerful about having the Word of God in your hands and being able to see the Word and to be able to learn how to maneuver through the Word really, 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 really great tool for you. And um, I'm going to do a class, I think, in January on really how to study the Word of God. I think it's a really important thing that we, um, as a body, have lost because of technology. It's really easy, you know, to go on your Bible app. I'm not saying that that's bad, but I think it's really important that we know how to study the Word that's sitting in front of us. Um, John 2, verse 23 It says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. He was performing lots of miracles. 
in the message, it says, during the time he was in Jerusalem, those days of the Passover feast, many people noticed the signs he was displaying and seeing. They pointed straight back to God, entrusted their lives to him. But Jesus didn't entrust his life to them. He knew them inside and out and knew how untrustworthy they were. He didn't need any help in seeing right through them. In the Amplified, it says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name. After seeing his signs, attesting miracles that he was doing. For Jesus, for his part, did not entrust himself to them. Pretty big deal. He was like, these people, they're not trustworthy. And you, you might have some trustworthy friends, and that is important to have trustworthy friends, but we cannot totally depend on humans. They are broken. You can't truly depend on me as your savior. I am just a human being called by God to release the word of the Lord. So Jesus loved and served and enjoyed people without entrusting himself to them in the same way that he entrusted himself to the Father. So he was like, I don't know. I'm not going to throw my whole self out to you because I know that I trust the Father. And he compassionately and selflessly loved people and obeyed the command of God alone with his heart, soul, and mind and strength. It goes on to say in John 15, 12, it says, yet we are to love as he has loved us. So the identity piece, if we don't know, if we don't love ourselves and know who God says we are and don't know our identity, it's going to be really hard to love others. So number one, I think it's important that we grow in compassion for ourselves and what I mean by that is, like, people struggling with codependency, they typically have a tremendous amount of compassion for others because they don't have compassion for themselves. And constantly, like, want to fix and help, but yet they don't know who they are. And so they're trying to control and help other people when really we've got to learn how to have compassion for ourselves. The, this pattern of caring for others is typically developed early in life. For many, their voices and choices didn't matter in their family of origin, and they were forced to care for others and always be on the lookout for mom and dad's behaviors. So if you've come from that, in order to break that, I'm going to have a little activation at the end where we're going to really ask the Lord to come in and shed light there. And I just remember growing up, my parents were always working. My dad was in, in jail for a year, and I had to be like the cleaner. I, I cooked, and I made sure my brothers were alive. And, you know, I was doing all the things. And I realized now as I was studying, I was like, man, I'm such a caregiver by nature that I want to fix. Like, I want you, I want to disciple you, and I want you to come higher. And some of you don't like me because of that. But I'm learning that I can't fix you. And, and that's really good because 
then you're not enabled by me and being codependent on me or Pastor Mike or Pastor Daryl or Pastor Nathan or anybody. You're a freedom leader. You're not codependent on them, but they're helping you turn you back to Jesus to depend on him. And I was like, wow, that's so freeing. Isn't that freeing to know that you're not called to fix a whole bunch of people? You're called to help change. You're called to encourage. You're called to equip. You're called to disciple. But disciple is not enabling. And I think when mentorships are really great. And I think that starting out, if you're like wanting your next steps, if you came into this place and have just recently got saved, maybe you don't have a lot of good influence in your life. I think getting somebody older than you, wiser than you is really important. But we've gotta be very careful where we don't get so connected to this person where we start relying on them as our savior. Amen? Amen. I cannot continue, even though my husband is the greatest provider, I know that he is not the ultimate provider for our family. I know that Jesus, that God is going to take care of every need for us. He supplies every need according to his riches and his glory through Christ Jesus. Number two, we've got to learn our identity, and that comes from getting in freedom, guys. If you don't know your identity in the Lord when we do freedom, that's an excellent way. We have a new believer's handbook, and we have videos on our website that help you learn your identity in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says that you are a new creation. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Man, if we got the revelation of that, it'd be really a little bit easier to depend on him. Because it's no longer I, my flesh that lives, but it's Christ, his power, his anointing on my life, his spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of me. Man, I've got access to so much to truly rely and depend on him. That he will not leave me, that he will not forsake me, that his hand is right next to me saying, what do you need next? But we forget, we get so easily distracted and get our eyes off of him and off of pe- on people, on things. You got a promotion, you just keep going. And we've got to continually ask, Lord, am I doing what you've called me to? Lord, am I relying on you and not relying on man to fulfill all my needs? If you're a teenager, you're in relationship and they just become your God and you worship them, you're on FaceTime for hours and you become so connected to this person, so unhealthy. Because what happens? You're gonna go, you're gonna go through emotions up and down. It's like this roller coaster. It's so much drama. Let me save you. Stop the FaceTime. Everybody say stop the FaceTime. Just hang out once a week, okay? 
You don't want to create a soul tie. What a soul tie is, is that your souls, like all these emotions, and you get connected to this person. And it can happen when you're older too. I'm not just talking to teenagers. I'm talking friendships can become soul ties where you're so connected to this person that you forget to be connected to the one who is the creator, who has got, the, he is the sustainer. He is the dependable one. He will never change. Do y'all see where I'm saying? It's so important that we don't get too connected to people. And I have friends that I've been connected to for 20 years, and I love them so dearly. But I'm learning that they have wise counsel for me. But sometimes when I want to rush and like vent and have them speak into my life, I'm learning like, Lord, you just come and you're so good. He's like, I've been waiting for you to come to me. Stop running around. Stop asking for 20 people to pray for you. Just come to me. It is good. So I want you to be aware of what is it that I am becoming, I have become too codependent on that has taken the place of what God wants me to truly rely on is him. Let God be God. Number three, let God be God. God wants to be your comforter. He wants to be your source. Isaiah 41.10, he's your comforter. I'm going to write, so if you want to write these down, Philippians 4.19, he shall supply all your needs. He wants to be your source. Joshua 1.9, he wants to be your avenger. Exodus 23, he wants to be your number one. It's talking about idols there and how he wants you. He's jealous of us. He's jealous of our time, of our energy, of what we're truly trusting. He said, I want you to let me be your number one. And number four, it's important that we set up boundaries. I think it's hard sometimes to say no. Somebody told me the other day, like, Faith, you're really um, doing good and learning how to say no. I said, yeah, I am. It's really healthy. It's really freeing. No, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I will be there for you. I'll pray for you, but I cannot do that. Somebody like wants all of your attention all the time, set up a boundary. Say, hey, I'd love to have coffee with you. Let's go have coffee. But I can't be on the phone for four hours. And learning how to, how to navigate that is hard, right? Because you don't want somebody to, to know that you don't care for them. Hey, I've got 30 minutes right now, and then I've got something else I've got to do. What is it that we, you want to talk for in 30 minutes? And I promise you, it will help them, and it will help you. Determine your boundary. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is the boundary so that this relationship can be more healthy? Because God is jealous of your time. And people are important. We, he wants us to love others as he loves us. But we've got to get him first so that he can love us so we can pour out into other people. Amen? Amen. And um, Daniel, if you'll come up. I love Daniel. He just does such a great job on the keys. Um, yeah. Not to make it awkward or anything. <laughs> Will y'all stand with me this morning? I just want to release a couple of scriptures over you this morning to just help you. I think sometimes codependency is like a fear of stepping out of a relationship that's unhealthy. And if you feel that way this morning, can you just lift a hand to heaven for me this morning so I know? If there's a relationship that you know, like, oh, this is really scary. I know I'm going to have to start taking a few steps back so that I can get healthy. Maybe there's something that you've idolized that's taken the place of where God is wanting you to depend on Him. Ask the Lord.
Lord, right now in this moment, Lord, what is it that I've been too codependent on? What is it that you need me to ask your forgiveness for this morning? Proverbs 29, verses 25 through 26, it says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Some of you are afraid of what those people are gonna say. And you know what? You don't have to go to them and say, I need to set up a boundary. That would be weird. Don't do that. Just go to them and just say, hey, you know, you don't even have to say anything. Start cutting back your time with that person. It's okay. I had a really unhealthy friendship. This person that I was around was very negative all the time. And I'm like, oh, I've been doing life with them for a while. How do I step out of this relationship? And the Lord said, just limit your time with them slowly but surely. And now it's super healthy. I don't feel like I have to codepend on her for my satisfaction, for my joy to fill me. He does that. Amen. Also, it says in Galatians 1.10, it says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. Oh, it's so hard though, isn't it? You just want people to love you. They're still going to love you. But you can't do things to please people because that's codependency. keep doing all of these things for their response. No, what's his response? What's his response? His response is, I love you. His response is, you're accepted. His response is, you're forgiven. His response is, I care for you. His response is, I'm your protector. I'm going to fulfill every need that you have. about the word, you know? It never returns void. It never does. You have everything that you need right here. In moments where you feel like you are less, he has more. You are more. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. No one can take you out of the pit but Jesus. Nobody can save you but Jesus. Nobody can give you confidence like he can give you confidence in his word. I'm going to start there. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. But he goes on to say the last scripture, verse 21, he says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Little children, guard yourselves from worshiping anything but me, but him. And that's where God wants us to be this morning. Would you just close your eyes with me this morning? What area in your life recognize, become aware of the person or the thing that you've been too dependent on? And right now here in this moment, just under your breath, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, 
I just need to repent. Will the prayer team come up here this morning? Maybe you need prayer and you need to just repent and have somebody believe God with you to stand in agreement that you're not going to be codependent on that thing anymore. That alcohol, that drug, that sexual relationship. No more. That's never going to fill the void. Never going to take the place of the dependency on Jesus. And then I want you to say this. This is a great act for anything. I no longer partner with this. Everybody say that with me. I no longer partner with this. I come out of agreement with this. So whatever it is on your own, that's all you say is I no longer partner with fear of people. I no longer partner with shame. I no longer partner with alcohol and drugs. It will no longer be a vice to me in Jesus' name. And then you receive God's love, his partnership, his connection, anything. I love somebody in my freedom group. Oh, Dom, she just said something so beautiful. She was telling, helping somebody walk through something and no longer partner with. And what she did was she said, Lord, I thank you that we just ask for your light to come in. Isn't that beautiful? To just come in. The light, your light to come in and bring, bring life to me, abundant life. Fill me. So whatever it is that you need to ask the Lord to fill you with, that's step four. So the first thing you do is you recognize, you repent, number two, you renounce, I no longer partner with, and you receive what God wants. Father, I thank you for every individual this morning. I thank you, Lord, this morning that we learn that we come out of codependency on people, on things, and we learn how to trust and rely and depend on you in Jesus' name. And if you're in this room and you're never dependent on the Lord God as your Savior, ask Jesus to come into your life. You have an opportunity this morning right here in this moment to say, Jesus, I surrender my life. I turn from my old way and I turn to you. God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross, shed innocent blood to take on every past hurt, every past sin, every past traumatic experience, everything. He wants to take it all and wash you and cleanse you this morning. So if you're in this room and you need Jesus as your savior, all you do is say, Jesus, come. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my savior. And I would invite you to come to a prayer partner this morning and have them pray over you. Lord, I thank you that you are doing a work in this congregation in all of our lives, Lord, learning how to depend on you in more ways than just one. In all areas of our life, Lord, let us be more aware of your presence. Let us be more aware of leaning and trusting on you with our thoughts, with our mouths, with our ears, with our hearts. God, we lean in and we say today we rely on you more. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Enjoy your Sunday. Eat some good food. We'll see everyone back here at 6 o'clock for freedom.